to Stock Talk Podcast, where topics are covered and questions are answered across all parts of the show stock industry. Get ready to learn and laugh with your hosts, Trevor Kirkpatrick and Corey Edge. What a time we had, Mr. Edge, on the hill in the Mile High City, Denver, Colorado. Knock on wood, no Denver crud yet. Yeah, uh, yet. Although on the flight home, I was a little nervous. Um, I had a little scratchy throat. It's a full flight, and you never know when you're stuck in an airplane of what kind of diseases and Cesspool coughs. And, yeah. of disease, yeah. Plus, Oof. when the wind started blowing there in the yards, got pretty dusty, and I was uh, had some black burger, boogers, not burgers, boogers for a couple days. So, um, however, uh, before we get into this episode that everybody's been waiting for, uh, we want to thank a few folks that we dedicate uh, a lot of our awesomeness to. Um, Show Cattle Connection. Folks, if uh, if you haven't seen yet, they are huge in the show cattle selling and buying process. They have a team that if you have any questions at all, rather you're on the selling side or the buying side of your show cattle operation, go to Show Cattle Connection and get your cattle bought and or sold. ShowCattleConnection.com. Wonderful. Wonderful, folks. Um, spent some time in the booth there, um, as you might hear next week. Yes. Next week, we were in the Show Cattle Connection booth itself. Very sure. interesting topics, but uh, yeah, we'll leave that as a cliffhanger for next week. Yes. Um, speaking of cliffhangers, Trev, great segue into um, talking about how I was kind of left a little bit of a cliffhanger this weekend because well, while we were at the National Western, we were too busy up at the up in the slopes to be watching any shows being broadcasted on Walton Webcasting. That's true. Which is which was a little sad. I wish we could have got good enough cell phone signal because can't get enough of watching the live shows that Walton Webcasting provides us all in the show stock industry. So. If you have yet to not purchase or look or observe a Walton webcast subscription and or just watching it, uh, you should probably check that out because there's laundry lists of shows coming up here uh, this winter into the spring and obviously into the summer. So go get yourself a subscription to Walton Webcasting right now. Pause the show. Go to waltonwebcasting.com, get a subscription, then come back. By the time you get back, you get to listen to Trevor and I talking about our experience on the slopes while in Denver. Oh, my. Well, uh, I was a boarder. You were a skier. Mm-hmm. And I was, I'll be honest. I got a lot of text messages and, and phone calls, a lot being like three or four. Man, you got to watch Corey. He's not built to ski. A little Everybody was knee. concerned about me. Yeah. I was like, okay. Um, I think we'll be okay, hopefully. So, um, <laughs> by the way. On our way up there, absolutely gorgeous. Um, mm. I don't know how high we were up. Uh, I didn't have an altitude reader or anything like that, but absolute beautiful scenery. Uh, if you got on our personal Snapchats, we couldn't get signal to do the uh, Stock Talks um, Snapchat, but we will have to post a few pictures on the social media. Uh, gorgeous place. Hey, you, got a, you got a video. You got a video of me getting. Getting down, yeah. Getting down the it, slope. The one time that I made it through the the sharp curve, uh, <laughs> one of the one of the four times that we went down it, uh, boy, that was the that was Death Valley. 
I think for a lot of, there was um, a lot of false inexperienced skiers yes. yeah, and boarders. Yeah. So, uh, just to lay the land there, there's obviously an expert hill, uh, that is incredibly steep. And then like the intermediate or easier ones kind of like weave a little gradually down past that. And so Corey and I started on the bunny hill, make sure we got our grip. I busted my butt at least two times on that. So great start. And we said, you know what? We just need to go after it and see what happens. I will say our third time down was probably our best. Um, fatigue it, yep. wasn't quite set in. Um, I got the hang of it on the board of where my brakes were. And if I wasn't going too fast or how to maneuver myself. Um, so that was good. Uh, I was, I was a lot faster going down than what I anticipated. Cause I would look back and <laughs> Corey was nowhere to be found. So I just kind of waited at the bottom of the lift. So yeah, I'll have to post a video of you, uh, sloping your way. Pizza, French fries, pizza, French fries. If you're a skier, you may know what that is. You call it the snow plow. Does it get yourself the snow plow? The snow plow. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, but my gosh, let's talk about, <laughs> uh, once we were done, how physically, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Incapable. Uh, exhausted. Yeah. <laughs> Holy crap. Uh, um, you know, dedicated December was last month and we got our workout on. Talk about exhaustion. Whew. Dude. Well, neither one of us have, have hit the slopes in, in quite a while. Yeah. Um, and I will say part of, part of me being physically exhausted is, uh, I, I'll, I'm not too ashamed to admit that I did fall four or five times, probably closer to the five times. Yep. Um, but every time I fell, besides the one time that I did a leaping somersault onto my back, <laughs> I fell on my right side and I like this one part of my leg, like really probably the center part between my hip and my knee hit that spot every single time. And, uh, and by the way, Trevor, I do have a bruise now. Oh, nice. uh, it's, it's forming. Um, but I mean, like talk about it's, it just felt like I got hit in the leg with a baseball bat five times in a row. Yeah. Um, so great time though. I would definitely do it oh, again. Um, I would too. Emily and I found a, a little, uh, I won't call it a ski resort. That's what they call them out in Denver, but a little, uh, they're called snow trails here right next to the house. That's not too far away. So we're going to get uh, my sister and her boyfriend up here and see what the Ohio slopes have to offer. I'm sure we were a little bit more spoiled there in Denver, um, but great time. Uh, speaking of great times, I hope you guys are going to enjoy this interview that we have up with a couple of the breeders and or placers behind some of the cattle that we were uh, we got to see there in the yards at Denver at the Matt Lautner Bull Display. Um, had a really good time there chatting with Matt and some of the folks that were around there. I'm sure you guys saw the many videos that we had with some of the um, stock show goers and uh, some of the folks you may recognize on that. Um, it was uh, not probably not exactly the way we thought it would go, but it was a lot of fun. Um, we got to really, really dig in deep with some with some folks. So, um, Corey, what, what was your experiences there in the yards? Well, I tell you what, it's always fun to be down there. Um, the amount of people that you see, it, what was crazy is, is I saw at least two people that I knew from different species. Yeah. In the yards. True. So that's, that's what I love about being down there. Um, it was just cool to kind of, you know, talk to the guys that were responsible for the marketing and promotion and, and the breeding and the um, the purchasing and the owners and all that of the different bulls that were down in there. Um, 
really kind of cool to see how a lot of people, how much stake a lot of people put into evaluating yeah. those genetic packages and what breeding decisions they're going to make, um, you know, for the, for the upcoming year. So, uh, there's nothing like it. And if you've never been, you need to go at least one time. Yep. At least one time. Make it a vacation. It Do stock yep. show one day and then the other four days you're there. If you, if you don't love it, which I know you will, there's a lot to do around that that city. Sure is, and I will also point out that uh, Mr. Scott Campbell, one of one of today's uh, interviews, who you guys have heard from before, but not on this particular subject True. that we're going to talk to him about, um, made an incredible food recommendation. I've never been to a Texas State Brazil before. Mm-hmm. Trevor and I decided to spoil ourselves a little bit, and we went. And my goodness, I mean, when you tell them medium rare, they know. Exactly what medium rare is. So we had probably what six different cuts of meat. I would say in three I different species. Yeah. yeah, yeah, pork, chicken, and lamb. No, yeah, or, yeah. and then cattle, and then beef. Yeah, yeah. so really f- four. So um, of that, I mean, we had we had a bunch of cuts of meat, and mm-hmm. if you've never been to Texas State Brazil, they kind of bring it on a big skewer and then they cut it off and you grab it and it's it's really really awesome. The lamb that they prepared oh. was good. Like top 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 two, top three maybe, uh, top three maybe cuts of meat that I've ever had ingested in my body. Yes. <laughs> Leg of lamb from Texas State Brazil was special. Yes. So uh was special. Great meal. Um, as Corey said, great people around the yards and uh Corey, we might as well intro our first guest. Might as well. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, you've heard from this man before. This is a gentleman that has an incredible story behind a bull that ended up in the yards and and how it all got connected. Uh, Let's learn a little bit about what it's like to have a bull in the display from Mr. Scott Gamble. Well, we are live here at the Matt Lochner Bull Display in Denver, Colorado, 2020. We have a bull breeder with us, a uh, previous guest, and a good mind. Again, thanks for coming back on, Scott Campbell. I appreciate it, guys. Hey, Scott. uh, I heard there's an interesting story behind this bull that's all the way at the end, that painted up thing. (laughs) I'd love to hear it, and I'd love probably for some of the people to hear it, too, uh, how that bull ended up making it to the yards. So the, the painted up thing down there at the end, his name's Beast Mode. Um, he's a Here I Am Bodacious bull that we own with Matt and uh, Miles Tenius and Colin Crow. Uh, was a real interesting story. Um, he was bred by the Wayne Metzger family in New Mexico. Uh, just met them here today, actually. Never met those folks. Good people. Then uh, Miles had been doing some judging down there in New Mexico, and he... Uh, had uh, he'd met that family and been judging pigs and they said hey can you sell any cattle miles says well i guess i can if they're good you know <laughs> so uh miles ends up you know selling all their or a lot of their steers for him in the fall uh sent that bull up i was down at miles place looking at steers there this fall and he said hey we got a pen of holdovers over at the at the other farm here at crows went over and I didn't spend much time looking at holdovers because that bull was in there with him. (laughs) He caught my attention pretty quick and uh, got him bought, brought him home, and 
been like the weekend after Louisville, Matt swung by and bought into him. Wow. That's cool. I'm, I'm fi- finding one out in New Mexico, making it to the yards here in Denver probably hasn't ever happened, or, or at it, least minimal times. Yeah, <laughs> I, I guess I can't think of one as far as a club calf bull, but, man, there's good ones everywhere, I guess. Right. Well, well that goes to show you don't have to have that bright, shiny name to, to raise a good one. That's exactly right. And, Just uh, keep your head down and keep going at it, and, uh, yeah, quality livestock will show up that's right absolutely so uh we've been talking with quite a few people here in the yards just uh, about their experience in denver and some of the history behind the the bull display so kind of over the years um what kind of value have has you and your program and maybe some others that you've talked to benefited from from what's going on here in the yards and the bull display as a club calf breeder i think that it is just almost a must to get out here and get your eyes on these cattle um, even if you're not going to use them this year, you know, there's plenty of guys, oh, I'm not going to use a new bull. I don't have enough cows. We've got to use something that's older and proven and works and, and whatever. And, and if that's your belief, that's great. But if one of these bulls catches fire and you want to use him a few years down the road and you haven't seen him, uh, I mean, you can always go to stud and look at him as a mature bull. But last time I checked, we didn't sell these steer calves when they were four years old. Right. So. <laughs> You know, looking at them now, when they're eight, nine hundred thousand pounds, you're going to have a lot better idea how they're going to generate cattle for you to sell in the spring or fall or whenever you're selling them, um, and just know how they're going to complement your cows. See the pieces and parts of them here when when they look their best, and and just know what you're going to do. Right. Yep. Now it's kind of interesting too because the folks who make it here and are and look at the cattle, they're kind of a step ahead of everybody else because once everybody starts breeding to them, which is pretty soon, then the, they're already the ones that haven't made it or haven't made an effort to look at them, they're already kind of behind the eight ball. Yeah, I I would agree with that. Um, you know, some of these bulls can come real hot out of the gate, and if you've been here to look at them and and using the right one or ones or. Who knows, this year there might be half a dozen of them that, that go on and become big semen sellers and generators and, you know, make champions for, for years. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you just don't know what to do with a bull. I mean, you can always talk to somebody that has used the bull or seen the bull or whatever, but they don't know your cows like you do. Right. So, yep. you know, get out here and get your eyes on them. Yeah. So, no free ads here. <laughs> but, uh, you know, for beast mode... First of all, I want to know how that thing was named. And then second of all, uh, you know, when it comes to making that breeding decision, what kind of cows are you going to take him to to make the next piece? So the, the name Beast Mode was actually Matt's, Matt's baby. That, uh, Matt promotes bulls for a living. So as far <laughs> probably as... Better, probably better to leave it up to him. <laughs> yeah, I, I had a name for him. It wasn't nearly as good. Um, that's why he promotes bulls for a living and I, I run can cows. I, can I know? Can I know what your bull No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, um, yeah, Matt named the bull. And as far as how we're going to breed him, um, I think that bull is wide open. Not only is he, you know, extremely unique colored, uh, he's perfect on his feet and legs, in my opinion. His angles are great. That thing is still awesome necked. He's great big back, huge out of the backside of his shoulder. His hip is just huge wow. and, and has a lot more body and just center rib and dimension than what his sire does, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm going to use a fair amount of that bull where I would use here I am. Right. right. Yep. That's what's fascinating. I mean, he, he's the one that you look at first just because of color. I mean, he's he's got some splashed up look to him. Uh, but not only is his color attractive, but he himself, like you said, is fit together good. And, and in this pig's kid's eyes, I found that one. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, yeah. 
Yeah, the <laughs> color sure draws your eyes in, but when you really get to evaluate in that bull, it is tough to pack that much power into one yeah. just from end to end and still have his shoulder lay in the way it is and have great big feet and, you know, just, just be as athletic as that one is. Might need to protect him on hair. Yeah, I don't think that's an issue there. Got hair about as long as your arm. Yeah, yep, yep. and I got long arms, so. Uh, no, um, one of the other things, too, when it comes to, to Denver and the stock show, uh, especially here in the yards, uh, as we know, things are changing here in Denver just a little bit. Um, in your time in the yards, what's been uh, kind of the most influential piece that you've ever seen set foot on this ground that's helped kind of shape the show cattle world? And that's probably a big question. That, that is a big question. Right it's a spot. loaded question. You could have warned me about that one before we went on. Hey, 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 Scott, I'm going to... Yeah, right, yeah. You know. the second time on the podcast, I guess. That makes me experienced. Um, right. Oh, I don't know. Oh, wow. Uh, I remember seeing Heat Wave out here. That, that would probably be it, I guess. I saw Monopoly. Um, it would definitely be one of those two bulls. Um, yeah, I actually... Game changers for the show, Oh, boy, world. yeah. Well, see, that, that goes back to the topic we were just talking about. Ones that came out of the gate blazing. Yeah. And those who saw him, look yes. what we're still talking about. Right, exactly. And who's to say that these bulls out here aren't the same ones? Yeah, know? I think everybody should buy Beast Mode semen and just see if he's the one, <laughs> yeah, right? There you go. <laughs> uh, again, no free ads, but you're welcome. <laughs> right. Second time on the show, you get you get some perks. Right. Yeah. Um, so there, there's some other things when it comes to Denver. Trevor and I, uh, outside of Denver, what's like your favorite favorite place to go eat when favorite you're here in Denver? place to go eat, Texas State, Brazil. Oh, I'm, yeah. I'm kind of a big old boy, so, you know, they just keep bringing on the meat there. That's that's a pretty good spot. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, Trevor, we kind of had some, some interesting uh topics and and social smashes we wanted to bring up um now we we have changed our social smash just a little bit okay uh and now instead of asking you know kind of pet peeves we're more so going to ask a question so social smash well for those of you that are here in the yards and don't know Social Smash is a segment that we started a while ago talking about our pet peeves in the social media world. This segment is brought to you by Brad Howell Ford in Kokomo, Indiana. Brad Howell Ford has award-winning customer service, and I'll tell you what, those boys will take care of you on your next diesel truck to be hauling these cattle back and forth to Denver. So, Absolutely. Jeff, hit them hit with uh, this new idea we got. Yeah, so like we said, we kind of switched it. Uh, we saw it getting a little negative, but what we wanted to talk about is how do you use social media to promote a, a bull like Beast Mode or maybe even your own operation? We, we may have touched on it in your last episode, but to those listening here uh, along the display, how do you use that social media to kind of push your operation? So I, I do use social media quite a bit. Um, Snapchat, Facebook, obviously trying to get good pictures and videos of the cattle, get them out there in front of people. Um, probably not nearly as much as I should for a platform that sure doesn't cost anything, but uh, as far as beast mode, I mean, we're just going to let Matt handle that one. He yeah. is the absolute social media king. He will get him in front of more faces than I possibly ever could, um, and he will do a really, really good job. Yeah. So as far as social media, I think that's that is uh, maybe kind of Matt's full-time gig, so <laughs> right, right. We'll, we'll let him take care of it. Yeah, it's always interesting. I think everybody has a different uh, different style of how they market uh, on social media. But uh, if you're going to be successful, you almost have to do social media settings. So. Yeah, it's not an option anymore. Yeah, you right. absolutely have to. That's right. That's awesome. Yeah, we uh, we thought too. One of the things 
that I've always enjoyed about coming to Denver is the concept of being on the hill and in the yards. But now I think there's such a crossover now between the cattle that are on the hill and the one that are in the display bulls and the yards. I mean, the bull show up top gets pretty competitive anymore. It's yeah. it's insane what those sires have been able to do past their showing career. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and there's quite a few bulls that will be up on the hill showing that have a display pen down here in the yeah, yards right. just so they exactly. get, get in front of everybody that they need to. Plenty of people see them. Right. So. Yep, good stuff. Well, uh, we appreciate you coming back on. I know this was a, a two-timer, so you, you've, uh, I, I guess we should make a list of, of the two-timers we've already had. So it's kind of, a, I know we've had some bulls that were a little uh, freaked out by the loudspeaker. We had to adjust some things and delay it a little bit, but uh, hey, we're really happy to hear the story about Beast Mode and always glad to get you back on, Scott. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, we appreciate it. That's right. We got our soundboard back, ladies and gentlemen. You don't have to listen to me trying to dub in our wonderful. So, obviously, you know what time it is. It's time for you to hear a little bit about our friends at Fleece Performance Engineering. That's right, folks. If you need any of the best new things to drop into that diesel truck to help it perform at max capacity, go to Fleece Performance com or visit them in Pittsburgh, Indiana, just west of Indianapolis on I-74. Their new location is gigantic. It's huge. Go there. Tell them that you listen to the boys at Stock Talk. Get 10% off your next purchase. Ladies and gentlemen, that is FleecePerformanceEngineering.com. Well, another really good discussion with Scott Campbell. We told you, we've already heard from him before, uh, but when you got a bull in the yards on a display, I think it's pretty good to hear how that bull comes, where it comes from, how they found it, what it's about, how they think it works. That's all really good stuff. So uh, shameless plug there for that crew, um, and uh, that thing was really cool looking. Uh, I hate to call him a thing because he was a really nice bull, beast mode, uh, stuck out. Very, very well there in the yards of Denver. Yes, um, and very thankful for Mr. Scott Campbell jumping on with us once again. Man, just a just a good good human. Yes, good human. Yeah, he kind of um, he said he went he was at a different area, and we're like, hey, we'd like to get an interview with you. Didn't hesitate, came right over again uh, to talk about different subjects. So uh, shout out to Scott Campbell, uh, man, you're a good dude. So I think it's about time for another segment topics from a hat you betcha thank you to co wetzel for the awesome intro music we haven't thanked that guy enough no um pretty cool for those guys to let us use their use their music on their uh manager just reached out to him he's like yeah all good man blast the tunes so uh yes that's right topics from a hat sponsored by Fierce Threads, the only apparel that we ever get comes from the good folks at Fierce Threads. Ladies and gentlemen, if you have not upgraded your apparel today and utilized the great screen printing and embroidery at Fierce Threads, you're probably a little behind the eight ball. Visit fierce-threads.com today. Call, email, message, get some of that cool stuff, including the Big Paul brands. 
also brought to you by Fierce Arts. So, Trev, I think you've got a topic for us uh, for this week. Yes. Uh, that? It's just going to be you and I. Uh, this episode is a little different. Usually, um, Topic from Hat comes before Social Smash, but we did that with Scott. We're going to throw this right in the middle of our two guest series we have this time. What I want to know from you, Mr. Edge, is um, I'm going to kind of selfishly thinking about my schedule here. So we just got back from Denver. And as you folks are listening to this, I'm headed down to Perry, Georgia for the Southeast Regional, the NJSA Southeast Regional and Winter Type Conference of the NSR. So my question is, what are your thoughts on getting these livestock from one show right into the next? I mean, we're in jackpot jackpot season uh, where they go from one show right to the next of the next weekend. Some of these people, uh, these families like to do that. Um, but what are your thoughts on keeping those livestock together, A? And B, how do you mentally prepare from a grueling week of, let's say, the National Western, and then turning around and going to the next show and amping up for that one? Ooh, great topic. Um, I'll tackle the first one first, obviously. Wouldn't want to tackle the second one first or the Second one, second. I don't know. Um, anyways, I'm a weird person. Um, I would say biggest thing traveling to shows hard is gut health is probably the most important thing. Um, because if those livestock go off feed, don't want to drink water, um, get sick, anything like that. I mean, I and I think gut health happens at home. Um, and then you just continue the process on, on the trip, um, making sure that those things are, you know, in, in hogs, you know, there's lots of products out there that are good for it. I mean, some will tell you that their products better than the other, just do some research, um, use what you feel comfortable with. Um, and then making sure that they have, that they stay hydrated, uh, electrolytes, all things like that. I mean, I don't know about you, Trev, but I drink a lot of emergency when I'm, uh, when I'm traveling every single day, stuff keeps me alive, um, with a lot of good vitamins and, and, uh, minerals. So, uh, I would say those are the, the two key components is gut health and hydration. Um, usually keeps those things together pretty good on trips and, and making sure they don't get sick. Um, you know, obviously making sure that you're, you're keeping bedding clean and things of that nature too. That's what I would say. Uh, and then, boy, being drained after Denver and then going somewhere else or, you know, maybe you spend a long two-day weekend somewhere at a jackpot show and turn around the next weekend and have to do it all over again. I would say if you don't, if you don't get fired up to go to the next show, to, to network, to see the people again, to get the, get the livestock out with more experience, um, and, and it's just, it's more painful for you to go back to back than it is to, to just take a couple weeks off. That's probably what you should do. Just take a few weeks off because I never going from one show to the next. Do I ever be like, man, I wish I would have stayed home because I get the, I get the excitement, uh, built back up to go to the next one. and. Another thing is, too, is if you get beat one weekend, I mean, you sure as heck want to go out and hope you have a better one. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I will say that. But, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's my two cents. Yeah, I mean, not much to add um, because I I am right on the same page with you. 
hydration of animal and human is absolutely crucial, <laughs> uh, especially when you come off of a mile high city. Um, Denver crud is real, but I think emergency really helped. I uh, didn't have animals out there, but um, that is absolutely true. I am helping taking uh, one of my families down to Perry, Georgia. Shout out to the Keeners. Um, that we're going to take a pair of gilts down uh, that I offered to do that for them. So I've got, I had a two-day break um, on Monday and Tuesday, and then we're rolling down today uh, to Southeast Regional. So my thought was, okay, we need to make sure they're very hydrated. We actually start our hogs on a three-day-before-we-leave event when you're traveling many hours um, to the south. I like to stop at many places and get those livestock watered. Um, even if they have the first couple stops, they may not even know what you're doing. The last couple, they get pretty thirsty and that will, Mm -hmm. that will shorten your, uh, rehab time, uh, from when they shrink down in the trailer to the time that you arrive to that show. A lot of good products out there I could get into, but I'd rather just say, get some electrolytes and gut health, um, supplements. That is absolutely crucial. Corey Edge, you nailed it on the head about the human side of things. And I wrote it down so I wouldn't forget. And I have mental equals, if you dread going to a show, don't go. Don't um, go. That's right. Because if you dread going, your heart's not in it. And, um, you know, I'll be honest. I landed in the plane. And I was like, man, I got to leave in two days. But today I can tell you that I am absolutely fired up to get to a pig show and network with people that weren't in Denver, that were in Denver, and catch up on conversations that we already had. So it's in my blood, and I know it's not in everybody's blood, but if you're going to a jackpot show every weekend, you're loving to go. And it may feel good to get home on Sunday, but I guarantee you, if your heart's in it, you're going to get fired up for the next one. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Good topic. Quick topic. topic. But Quick. Quick, but good. Well... We're not done yet. We have another guest that um, had some had a parables at the display there at the Lautner uh, Lautner stalls, and uh, we got a video of this. So that's what we're going to pull from. If you did not happen to see the video, uh, we're going to give you the full clip here, Corey. Let's introduce our next cattle bull breeder. Well, uh, no stranger. No stranger to the backdrop. Uh, a gentleman who's got uh, quite the cow herd going on and i would say one of the cool parts about talking to this next guest uh was the fact that we actually captured it on video which is something we don't do a whole lot so if you did not see this interview on matt lautner's uh page and or ours which we shared um you'll get to at least hear it and i'm sure there's a little piece of this one that didn't actually make the video clip so you're welcome for that a little extra something something in there ladies and gentlemen we have a bull breeder a cow man, a uh, really good guy. Welcome to the podcast, Mr. Kendall Bremer. First of all, what's your what's kind of your favorite part about having these bulls out here in Denver uh, in the display? Oh, it does a couple things. It gives people a chance to see your program at home and what you're doing with donor cows and and kind of what a person's raising and an opportunity to uh, see the quality that you like and get feedback on what other people want to use and what they want to add to their program and uh, what they 
need is a desire. So as a breeder that raises cattle that to sell on uh, all levels and bulls, steers, and heifers, what you want to try to raise for a bull for them to use again the next time. Right, right. Um, so let's get a little bit of the story behind both these bull calves here. Um, the next generation, um, I mean, that thing is loaded with muscle. Uh, kind of a neat looking deal. Um, what's kind of the story behind the cow family on that one? And uh, So both bulls, they're out of the 322 donor cow. I bought her as an open heifer from a, a guy in northeast Iowa, Charlie Hunter. And when I bought her, I never have any intentions of showing her or, or selling her either one. And her first calf was Simplify. And then uh, right after her first calf, we flushed her to here I am. I got five calves. Uh, one of them was a steer that won 20 shows in Iowa for the Sewer family. And then uh, that calf was a favorite in Kansas City that, that some of the industry's tops kind of squabbled over to get to Denver. And then Bonham ended up with that calf here in Denver. And he won his class as a fat steer. And that same year, Jacob Tusa had one that he sold for 75000 to a family in Texas that I think a lot of people know about how goofy Fort Worth was evaluated for a couple years and he was a calf that that unfortunately got that draw in Fort Worth and and then the cow I didn't get anything out of her for a year and then uh, we got a small handful of monopolies and here I am this year Uh, these two calves that are obviously pretty high quality and then uh, the monopoly and here I am steers both the here I am's done exceptionally well uh, for a family of Todd Caldwell's and their program and so got these guys (coughs) out here to highlight her as well yeah um strong cow family clearly uh something that we kind of talk about on our show is you know making sure that these sires come from the the strong background and typically you don't really find the the one one and done hitter uh usually those cow families tend to produce uh year after year so um as a as a breeder on both these bulls you got here um kind of how do you see these bulls being utilized I think the Monopoly uh, as a whole is a cow changer. Uh, He's one of the longest necked animals we've ever raised and extremely tight chested. He's great big backed and big boned and I think you can take him to a lot of the middle of the road cows. You can get a show steer out of him. Uh, The Here I Am calf to me is one that that combines and he's just extremely complete. He's probably not the EST in any one area other than probably one of the most complete animals that you'll see in Denver. Uh, and so I think, you know, there's a lot of high-quality cows in the country now that a guy just hopes that they don't mess up. <laughs> and I think, you know, he's the bull that he's so good on his feet and legs that, that he's sure one that, that I think uh, can make elite cattle and, and not mess up guys' high-end donor cows. Awesome. Sounds good. Well, thanks, Kendall, for taking the time. Appreciate it. You bet. It's always great to hear the minds behind some of those great bulls there in the yards again folks thanks so much for listening to stock talk podcast and we hope you learned a couple things from this episode we really really enjoyed our time there at the national western please follow us on social media we are on all platforms and don't forget to check out our website stocktalk-podcast.com and if you would please give us a review a five-star review at that Um, that'll make things a lot easier for us to climb the podcast totem pole The more you review, the more five-star we get, the better it is for us. So we appreciate that. Obviously, guys, we love every single one of you. Uh, If you guys weren't listening, this wouldn't even be alive. So we appreciate every single one of you. A lot of cool things coming in 2020. Make sure you are staying up to date about what we got 
Easiest way to do that is to find us on social media. Guys, we love each and every one of you. Thanks for listening. I gotta go.